Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 432. My name is Minter Dial, and I'm your host for this podcast. This week's interview is with Muywa Adibi. Muywa is the quintessential life warrior, a motivational speaker, and host of the Day In, Day Out podcast. We discuss his journey, several of his enduring actions in support of charities, his presence online, including his TikTok channel. We also delve into some deeper conversations about race and some of the contemporary issues swirling around our society. As Muiwa says, fight today for a greater tomorrow. It's the most healthy conversation. You'll find all the show notes on mintodial.com. Please do consider to drop in your rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe to catch all the future episodes. Now for the show with Muiwa. Muiwa Adibi. Great to have have you on the show. I was invited onto your show, Day In, Day Out podcast. You have since introduced me to two supreme individuals, Donald James, the author of Manners Will Take You Where Brains and Money Won't, and uh, the filmmaker from Norway, Mary Hazavari, for which I am immensely thankful. And I wanted to bring you on the show and have a rolling fun discussion about who you are, what you're up to, and what we can learn from you. So, in your own <laughs> words, where you are, how would you like to describe yourself? How would I like to describe myself? This is kind of unusual for me because, like, yes, the two times we've done this, uh, the, the tables have been turned, let's just say. <laughs> um, let me see. I would say, um, yeah, I'm a 40-something podcaster in here in the UK. Uh, I have spoken to... Over 150 people uh, all around the world doing a number of different topics. I like, I love to talk to people. I be- I'm a strong believer in conversation is the thing which will ultimately save us all. And uh, this is where the great ideas like come from in conversation and where the bad ideas come up and hopefully they shall go off and die. But yeah, but if you were to sort of do a day in my life, <laughs> uh, I think some people will be like, no, no, I, I don't want to do that because I, I sometimes get up with the lark and I'm out on it, running here, running there, lifting heavy things. And yeah, just generally, you know what I mean? <laughs> day in and day out. Absolutely. So 
Um, one of the things that was fun is that you, in your past, you worked at Centaur and Clarion Events, a company yeah. I got to work with as well. So we have a thing in common when it comes <laughs> to our pasts. So you are a podcaster. Yes. You are a fitness buff of, of uh, no uncertain terms. And what was interesting to me is that I, I've seen that you have a, a fairly large following on TikTok, on Instagram. You are out there, my man. And I wanted to specifically talk to you about your fundraising or the, the activities you've been doing to raise awareness. And so could you tell us what you did last year specifically? It really touched me for veterans. Like basically uh, last year I did, oh, it was 66 push-ups every day for a year uh, to basically raise awareness for soldiers with PTSD. Uh, it's one of those things when people talk about veterans and like, yeah, uh, people who serve and go, oh, they, they're our heroes and everything like this. Yeah, we, like we say that at certain times of the year, but they are soon forgotten. And if you kind of look at a number of homeless people, like not just here in the UK, but globally, uh, they are like some of the people make up the homeless in our societies. And that comes down to sort of things which they've picked up along the way through no fault of their own, but just to serve us as our society to make things like easier for us and not to like, look, I haven't served. So I can't like, oh yeah, I served here or there. I haven't served, but they have. And look, I respect the whole fact they did. And yeah, taking on that type of, not burden, I would say responsibility is one of those things which has to be recognized. And if you don't recognize it, look, I know some people like go, well, but, it was their job and everything like this. That's the, that's what they signed up for. Well, they did sign up to like help and be responsible for certain aspects of society, but it's not a thing where it's a case of they've got to basically pay a heavy toll for the rest of their time. And it's like, yeah, oh, you worked in a supermarket now. You can't like go around the counter uh, because you just had a like incident. No, you've got to, you know what I mean? It was my small way of paying it forward. Certainly. And 66, there's a good reason for that, I'm sure. 30, 66 push-ups every day. That, that seems like a lot, but why 66? Took me up to 2,000, like 22,200. Uh, yeah. So basically 20, like 22 like soldiers each and every day like commit suicide. Uh, this is the reason why. And like I just did that as a sort of symbol, like symbolic number. Uh, like, I won't lie, if I was just doing 22 push-ups a day, uh, that I would find that not to be egotistical or big-headed. I would find that easy, like fairly easy. You're just getting <laughs> so, warmed up at 22. For me, I know I'm huffing and puffing at 22. But anyway, that's beautiful. And also this year, you have launched yourself on another program to raise money i'd like you to talk about that please yeah basically uh it's to like raise money and awareness for bowel cancer uh basically in the uk alone it's one of those things which kills sixteen thousand people in the uk uh each and every year it's one of the cancers which if you pick it up early enough it's very treatable but it's one of those things where people are 
how can I say, they might be aware of it, but they might be embarrassed by it as well. So it's like, right, rather than sort of be embarrassed, like one day of embarrassment, one moment of embarrassment compared to like, yeah, uh, shortening your life. Uh, that is to me a little bit ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, so if I can help bring attention to that and help raise a little bit of money with that at this present time, that would be great. And like my goal for this is like 1600 pounds for the year. And look, it's not a mighty goal, but it's like still a goal. And so far, I think I'm on, I think I'm on 340 pounds. Uh, like still got some work to go. So if anyone out there can help, please do, please do. Hey. That's, <laughs> and you got, you got a fundraising, is it on GoFundMe? Where is it? Uh, just giving. Just um, giving. Yes. I'll put the show note link, of course, to that about cancer. How, just how did you actually get into the idea and knowledge about bowel cancer? And well, like this is the thing. It's one of those things where, OK, with this podcast, I have had a lot of exposure to some like wonderful, some crazy and like, yeah, some people who like you just make you feel lazy for like sort of like doing your sort of regular day to day. Uh, you are one of them. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? But like the amount of people which have like, yeah, faced the dreaded big C and like they've like fought and fought and fought, one to beat that, overcome like the big C cancer and like, yeah, then to like go on to do some extraordinary things from that, you're like going, okay, right. You're, you go, it's one of those things where I go, right, you know, there is something I can do. And like with bowel cancer, it's one of those things where, okay, bowel cancer, like people talk about breast cancer, people talk about statistics, oh my God, I've got statistics. Testicular. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, can't, I, I, I lost the ability to speak for a moment there. But they talk about that type of cancer. They talk about skin cancer. Don't ask me to say that again. But when yeah. it comes to bowel cancer, people like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, bowel cancer. Um, no. So it was one of those things I thought I could bring attention to and maybe raise a little bit of money. And you, you just went, you went out a topic that people think is taboo and you really wanted to bring it up and out. Well, it's one of those things. Yeah, if I can, yes. And yeah, I'm just trying to work out at some point before, like three months before the end of year, maybe I'll do something for the following year, but I'm not too sure what that'll be yet. Well, you do 44 squats every day. Which, yes. Uh, and I bet that that's, at 22, you're still thinking easy. <laughs> oh, like it basically, uh, that should take me to a grand total of 1,600. So like, yeah, 10% of the 16,000. So I yeah. Got it. I love the fact that you have a, a reason for it. It makes it so much more solid. And I also like the fact that you have an objective that you set mm. yourself for the year and for the money. Yeah. And like, this is the thing. One of the things I often find, uh, and like, this is not... For myself but i've seen it's like when you set like people set themselves a year goal and like they set themselves a goal and they hit that goal and like they like you find too many people like when they get there they're like uh what do i do next mm -hmm. uh, and they get lost in that whole aspect of i hit that goal and i got nothing else to do next like me personally i go right let's push like i'll push myself push myself, see how far I can go. If I'm going too hard, yeah, I can take the foot off 
the gas and like move back from that red line. If I'm like going up to that red line and all of a sudden, like, yeah, I find some new level, that's great. Because before, before we started this podcast right now, we're talking about, yeah, me juggling the current podcast, my, my current podcast, like day in, day out, with now working a nine to five. And I was talking about it being longer days. And you went, yeah, do you want to go like, when we first met, yeah, it was a once a week podcast. And then I upped it to two times a week because uh, at the time I was on furlough and I and like it was like, okay, I looked at it as an opportunity to really sort of get the podcast going. And yeah, didn't stop me. And I was like, okay, I can, I've got enough episodes so I can up it to two, uh, two a week. And now it's still two a week. And if I did go to that red line level, I would bring it back. But like the whole thing is, I'm still managing to maintain uh, with doing two a week. And look, in the sort of context of, okay, work done, if it was like my podcast level right now, um, I've done like three years equivalent of podcasts. If I was doing one, like one a week in the space of, just like just over a year um yeah when I really started to go for it so like I be, I'm a strong believer in like people to like have a go at hustle culture and like you know what I mean like you've got to sort of work hard and stuff like this but like there's there's the thing you've got like if you're putting iron into a forge to melt it down and everything like this there's a, a requirement of work what needs to be done to forge whatever blade or whatever like thing you're doing and for me like doing a podcast it's a craft people don't realize that I don't think because like when I when I'm talking to yourself or someone else it's one of those things that like the sort of conversations you have and I mean when we first met like I was at a certain level I think I improved over the course of time when we like, spoke the next time around and like the whole thing is I still got to work on my craft I've still got to work on getting better. Like I'm like over 150 plus podcasts and speak to me in another 150 and I'll like, go, yeah, I'm better than I was then. But like the whole thing is I'm still not, I'm still nowhere near perfect. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to sit down and go, you know what? I'm perfect at the art of podcasts. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a long road. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, well, it uh, yeah. is all about the journey, and yeah. and for sure, the idea of being perfect, I think, is a uh, if that's your goal, then the the chances of you continuing would diminish because no one's perfect. And on top of that, you know, for someone who's done this for now um, ten years more, mm. there's the the goal the the goalposts keep moving as to what is evolution and technologies are improving and expectations. And then of course, there's also now the fact that we've got over a million uh, quote unquote competitors, if you will, for listening to us. Mm. But like, this is the thing, and this is the truth of it. I don't think it, you don't, it's not really a million competitors out there. Not really. I would say if anything, maybe 500,000 maybe 700,000 because look, the amount of people which do five and quit because, ah, oh, no one's listening. 
blah, 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 blah. And it sits there. Yeah, it still registers as a live podcast. But I would simply go, look at the person's activity. When was the last time they made a post about anything? Sure. And I was like, right. So I still think if someone wants to get into podcasting, there is still an infinite space to grow. It is not as saturated as people like think it is. And like, if it's a case of you do want to do something more specialized, you'll find your audience. If you want to do something more broad, you'll find your audience. And when people go, you need to get super niche about stuff. I'll simply go, oh, do you really? Do you? You just like, if it's a case of you want to talk to interesting people to yourself, like which you find interesting, then yeah. Uh, if it's about growing an audience and just like, I want to be the biggest podcast in the world, then you obviously, you've got to like really reassign your goals and targets because, okay, if you're just like, oh, then you need to get super niche. Then you need to focus on like just a particular market. But if I'm like myself, I'm, I talk to everyone. And if someone wants to talk to me, I'm happy to talk to them. But I cover a wide range of subjects. I cover a wide range of people. Because for me, when I did this, yeah, I do believe in the power of conversation, but I'd still also want to grow as an individual, as a person still. Yeah. Well, these are two things that unite us because I have been doing this for this amount of time. And, and people ask me, so how do you keep going? And, and why are you doing it? And the opportunities to meet people with the microphone in between us and the record mm. button on changes the nature of conversation because we know that this is going to a public. So it's yeah. not bet between, it is between us. It's, it is an intimate yeah. story. However, the fact that we got a publish button means that it changes the nature of it. We have a responsibility in our conversation. So I was wondering what you have learned in your 150 odd episodes about conversation and the sprawling nature of the guests that you've had on your show? With regards to what I've learned, like it is too easy, like it is too easy to just sort of draw conclusions for what someone puts up in writing to be that's what that person's about. It is too easy to sort of mislead or make that sort of judgment on people which you don't know who they are until you have those sort of conversations. Mm -hmm. It is like too easy to like, just like, yeah, think you know everything about sort of struggle, like strife, like like accomplishing great things, or like just simply like going, okay, ah, I'm working hard or I'm sort of pushing myself to the limit. Too many people, like so many people I've met, so many people I've spoken to are going through so many different realms of life and seeing and well, seeing stuff suffered and like basically like, yeah, triumphed and like tasted glory and victory along the way. And like you kind of go, wow, your journey, your, this, like your like your path of discovery took you along this way. And it's completely different to like the next 10 people I've had on there, but they've also found their like realms of success. But it's just, you can't, it's so easy to just like 
cookie cutter a lot of things in this world. And like the whole thing is, um, yeah, with doing podcasting, for me, um, the cookie cutter has kind of dissolved away and I can't, I can't, can't do it. And like, this is the thing I often find myself now, if I'm speaking to people, when I meet them, um, I don't know, I, I've, maybe it's subconsciously or anything like this, but I, we have a, a much longer conversation and where they seem to be doing most of the talking, but it just adds to sort of my appetite to learn about uh, people and grow myself. It's remarkable at some level for me, this notion where you, you, you go, you just said you go from what you read to what you see, if you will. Yeah. In fact, it's sort of what you read to what you hear, because what you allow in this, these conversations, when these are first time meetings, right? You basically, mm. we, what we do with the podcast, we have a little warm up, hey, I'll make you know, a sound check, and then we roll into the conversation. Yeah. Because of that record button. There's a, an element of, of, I don't want to say honesty, but the voice is, is real. Mm. Like what I find is when, like when you hit that record button, first of all, depending on that person's comfort level with you, there is, there is that sort of, this is, my, this is my business base. This is my telephone voice. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, yeah. but after you get into it, really get into it, that, like you can only hold that telephone voice or business face <laughs> for a certain point. Then it starts to melt away and the sort of truth of that person comes out. Just like, I don't know, what's it been like for you? Yeah, well, well, so that's it's wonderful. This idea of time-constrained conversations is an interesting mm. element. And it has been my effort over the course of my time to figure out what is the right length of time. Because on the one hand, you have the people listening, you guys who are listening to our conversation. And do you have the time to continue on? Are you interested to continue on? Are you engaged in the listening component of it? Then there's you and me having our conversation. Yeah. And the, the fact in my, my, my uh, conclusion is that when you don't put a time limit on the conversation, you don't need to interrupt each other. You don't mm. have a, to slip in your agenda before it's over. Yeah. As opposed to that sort of radio voice, telephone call need, business face, which got to slip in my messages. I got to tell you about my comms and my, my website and my next book to buy. And I, <laughs> when, when am I going to slip that in? Whereas when you're in a free or flowing, I mean, of course, time is limited. So we're not going to do a Joe yeah. Rogan three hours on you guys, listeners. Don't worry. However, <laughs> what I enjoy like is, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just yes, this notion of, of, of uh, the, hearing the truth through the voice and our human mm. ability to detect bullshit and that <laughs> and that radio voice that we think we're siding in because it's real you know that's uh bah, ladies and gentlemen i'm polished and perfect and yeah bullshit no. No. <laughs> yeah like this is a thing i like one of the things because the vast well mm, free 90%, 95% of my like podcast episodes have done been done remotely. Like, yes, if I ever start making money off of this and I have enough money to have a studio, 
that would be like much more, uh, I would say that would be the sort of next thing because I like doing remote podcasts, but there is a, like, a, there is a sort of extra sort of little bit of a sizzle. Uh, like, you, you know how with sausages, you're not selling the sausage, you're selling the sizzle. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that saying. I have. That's, yeah, but I think that's what you sometimes get a little bit more when you do it on a face-to-face basis because you can pick up on those little like, yeah um body languages and like yeah there's a little bit more interaction beforehand so yeah i w- i would love to one day own my own studio um but yes um not too sure if that would be in london or somewhere else but yes i've looked at how much money <laughs> some of the mo- have you ever seen how much money they charge sometimes for like just to hire a studio space for an hour i, I certainly did i i had to hire a studio for three days to do a recording of my audio version of my book. So okay. it was, you know, it was one of those sound proved booths. Uh, and um, yeah, so I certainly have seen that that's expensive. I mean, ultimately, of course, you know, the idea I suppose would be to own your own booth, at least to put the padding up in a room that's somewhat mm. noise protected and you don't need to be perfect because you're not doing like an Amazon audible they're really anal when it comes to the qualities that they expect but at least for a podcast of course the other thing is if you want to do the recordings with somebody i Mm. i've i've done like you all the last ones over zooms and so on but in the past i used to do a lot with a handheld recorder handheld mic and and i didn't mind the ambient sounds of a bar or the streets because it, it felt more authentic and more real. Right. And there's no editing mm. going into this. You and I are just having this conversation and it's going to go up as it is. Uh, but that And that's part of the reality of it, as opposed to a, a text where you can edit and change and then finally publish, but you really work it. You can, there's so many things you can work your image, but here we mm. are, we haven't planned the next word coming out of my mouth any more than you have planned the next words coming out of your mouth. Well, like I have got a 10 point script in front of me. Here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he lies, he lies, he lies. <laughs> so I want to go back to your podcast. So you day in, day out, you began this yeah. roughly 18 months ago or something like that. Yeah. So 150 uh, podcasts. Tell us what you, or let's say one of some of your favorite guests which pop into Riwa's mind as we as you look back on some of your favorite guests and best conversations you've had. Hi my name is Sarah and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. This is the thing. Oh, favorite guests. Uh, now, 
I like I have to look at my webs like at my site and just like go, oh, the reason and go, oh, because it's just like so many people. And it's like I totally in such a short period of time. Yeah. Like I really like it's and this is no offense to any of the people which have appeared, but it's like, wow. I'm like I look back and go, this is like fantastic. Like, ah, now first text and i ever had uh tracy frin um like basically i mean like this is one of she's one of the ladies who like yeah she <laughs> she got cancer but like she single mother got cancer went through the ringer like she just went through the ringer of it all like just a constant battle before she like met the love of her life and everything like this but raising a child by herself and like basically being the sort of like how can i say not hellion but strong independent woman she was at the time then like when her relationship wasn't going well the first time around uh then like getting divorced and then basically yeah going oh yeah you got cancer by the way so bringing up a kid by herself cancer and then like yeah fortunately meeting like the love her of her life and I think she had two kids with him as well. And now, yeah, doing incredibly well. And like, yeah, I've, she has done a couple of bits of fundraising uh, on the old TikTok, something like, I think she raised 50 grand uh, wow. to help like, this guy out. And it's like, yeah, it, I go, yeah, fantastic lady. And like, I uh, really, really, uh, w- like really wish, uh, yeah. Oh, well, and I look forward to speaking to her again in the future. Like this is the thing, I'm going to have to go around these people and like like speak to them again on a long basis. But like, yeah. <laughs> well, it, uh, it, like, you know, just, just to, to chime in, it does yeah. feel natural because what you do, you create conversations, you create yes. rapports, and you don't want to just drop it off just because we finished the end button. No, no, no. And I don't try to, and where I can, I try to like basically help uh, foster more relationships to grow. Like this is the thing, like there will be times where I'll introduce people to other people and I can't do it all the time because Mm. between running a podcast and doing that, like it's like, right. Oh yeah, you'd be really great to, okay. Like, yeah, I can't do it all the time. I want to do it more Mm. and I'll, I'll figure out some type of system but it's just like difficult when I do, but I'm happy when I can get people to come together and meet and have these conversations and continue it on. Because like the whole thing is, there is a little community out there uh, and if you're part of it, do everything in your power to make that community better, I say. Well, and, you, yeah. you certainly um, were instrumental in getting me to meet Donald. Uh, with whom I just had a uh, another session, and so I appreciate that very much. And I think that conversations, uh, to the beginning point you talked about, are a way to connect people, and a w- to connect with people, and a way to connect ideas and and I- in dots, because like s- something you you cover with one person can inspire another person or another thing in someone else, like. Mm. Your story about Tracy just now, Tracy was right. Yes, um, was uh, I did a podcast with a chap who I, I published actually on the day we we're recording this with a guy called Ryan Shekel, 
And Ryan's a 38 year old who has cystic fibrosis. So which is a, uh, a lung disease that uh, only 70,000 people in the world have. So, you know, it's a very rare disease, uh, but mm. it, it is a very debilitating disease and it's life ending in essentially 100% of the cases. So mm. then, then it's, um, of course, we all have our lives to end, but there's uh, a shorter life ending to his. And, um, and, and yet, so this is a lung disease that absolutely fills up your lungs with all sorts of goo and horror, mucus. And uh, he's done an ultra marathon. <laughs> okay, an ultra marathon, like, uh, okay. Where did he do this ultramarathon? Where? You know? Uh, yeah, in, I think it was in Canada for some reason. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and so that, that what the what a point I was talking about was just how your conversation, bringing out the details and the, the life journey of Tracy yeah. made me think of Ryan. And in, for me, very much in the same way listening to Ryan, even feeling like I have time, his time, mm. it feels precious. And it wakes me up. It makes me very acutely aware of this notion of time and, and being grateful for the time that we have. And so instead of sort of trundling along like life is perfect and life is endless, you know, mm. his, he does a podcast and his is called Every Breath Counts. And you're like, ooh, la. Yeah. Let's think about our breathing. Let's think about life. Let's be present every day. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this is why I, like you, and coming across these type of people like Tracy, it's super inspiring. And hopefully we, you and I, can help bring other people along and, and get out of the treachery of day-to-day boredom and think about things a little bit more important, like, you know, veterans who suffer from PTSD, like people who could get over bowel cancer, but didn't know about it, didn't get it diagnosed quickly. And, and for people who think it have it bad, you know, just listen to Tracy, uh, who had, you know, cancer, bringing up a child and a divorce all at one. I mean, that's just a, a lot to handle. Right. Yeah, but she did and she's flourishing. Uh, yeah, but like this is the thing, uh, Lillian, Winston, like Colin, like, yeah, like, jeez, I uh, got to say, like, if Lillian, if Lillian, if you're listening to this, I still, like, I, I, I thank you and I hate you for introducing me to this anime cartoon called Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, it's, it, it's addiction, it's a problem. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's like, you know, she was like, yes, Seven Devil. I was like, oh, watched it. I've been in on that show from that point onwards. But All right. yeah. So that's a, <laughs> is that a podcast or The Seven Deadly Sins? What is it? Uh, no, it's an animated cartoon, an anime cartoon, which appears on Netflix. Uh, trust me, like, yeah, I'll, for your segment and for like whatever sort of realms of time management you have, don't watch it. <laughs> oh, that's that's really going to work. That's really going to work. Whatever you do, don't watch it. It's really way too good. Just way too addictive. No, no, no. Too much fun. No, no, just don't do it to yourself. It's like going, just what happened to what? You've been here for about three days. Damn. <laughs> I had Ta- time will slip by. So yes. Well, 
So um, I wanted to get one last uh, zone of, of uh, questioning and, and conversation with you. So you are right. black, living in London, born and bred in Britain, and with a Nigerian background. And I wanted to talk to you openly without premeditation or prescribed agendas as to how you have felt this movement of Black Lives Matter, which obviously originated in the United States and has taken its different path, if you will, in Europe. And for you, what does it mean for you? Well, the whole point is, um, with regards to sort of Black Lives Matter matters, I'm not too sure many people knows what it is or what its true agenda is. Because look, don't get me wrong. I am a like I'm a person who is down for civil rights. I'm I'm down for fairness. Uh, one of the things I'm not down for is the realms of inclusion. Because when you just do the realms of inclusion, you start to come up with rather strange and weird things, which sometimes just goes against the realms of common sense and decency at times and makes assumptions about people where it's just as prejudicial, uh, just as prejudicial as like saying something prejudice, but because it's wrapped up in the realm of inclusion, you're just like, all right, what are you trying to say? With regard, like, if you went with Black Lives Matter, okay, Black Lives Matter in America, it can mean so many different things in so many different states. There isn't one clear message. So if you go Black Lives Matter in Canada, yeah, what happens in America is not necessarily true for what's in Canada. And when you sort of go further afield, what's true in like Ireland or the UK is not necessarily true uh, for like people in America. So as far as you go and the further you go out, I would like to know what the sort of true core message is, because when you behind anything, like if you look at anything which is big or popular, there is a one core message. And like, if I throw it back to when it was the civil rights movement, it was like, yes, our civil rights to be humans, to be equal. You get that, I understand that. But with Black Lives Matter, there is, okay, okay, defund the police, re-educate the police. Like, um, yes, sometimes it goes into trans rights where you're like going, oh, okay, right. But what does that, how does that sort of relate to Black Lives Matters and like, it's like, yeah, no, it's important. But then it's like, okay, so you've gone through three things where the message can be, if you're not clear about it, it can get quite messy quite quickly. And it hasn't been clear. And there is like, you're getting messages from three different, like many different parts of the world where Black Lives Matter, where the sort of core issue in that one particular country is completely different to the core issue to another country. Because look, okay, I could walk down the street and like, yes, if I can't, if a rogue police officer decided to give me grief, they could throw me in the back of a van, throw me in a cell and yeah, thing, like things might not go the most positive way for me. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm walking down certain parts of America, 
and I come across an officer, say with 26 years of experience, like altercation goes off and they were reaching for their taser, but it turned out it's their gun. That's totally, I, that life mm -hmm. is nothing like the life over here. Mm -hmm. And like going vice versa. Yeah. Does it make me angry when I see images like that? Certainly. Because you're like going, okay, oh, the injustice, what is going on there? Because it's not a just thing. It's not fair. And like the person's rights are being truly infringed on. Like I'm not going, like when it comes to just the simple realms of just let's include everyone for inclusion's sake, then you're like, oh, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Where is it going? What, where, where, do you want, where do you want this to be? How far do you need inclusion to go before it starts getting wonky, strange, mm -hmm. and makes no damn sense so no one actually will show up for it? Uh, so that's the danger of it, I think. What, it, what that speaks to me about is the interpretation of it. So, in other words, giving a, a strong perimeter to what we're trying to do, and then how people differently interpret that, and the mm. the narrative that goes around it makes makes it sort of deviate from the initial intention. And yeah. like so many things, there's probably I, I don't I say probably because in in general. There's generally a good intention behind these types of movements, right? There's, but the problem is that we end up decontextualizing stuff, taking it out of the original context and borrowing it for a political agenda. And while sometimes that is entirely honorable and, and presumably judicious, the other times it's not. And we end up with this very wonky as you say or at least distributed diffused understanding of what we're trying to do yeah but like this is a thing okay now yes there are people which will use certain aspects and things for their own personal gain and yeah i think a lot of those people which are in charge of some like many sort of like causes or like whether that be black lives matter environmental like body positivity or whatever sort of cause you want to put to it, will use it for their own personal gain, be that financial, be that just for clout, or just like general power itself. But for you, like, okay, you're like, you're a guy of a certain age, like living in here in the UK, you've been over in the States and being like over here. When you kind of look at Black Lives Matter, what what is the sort of clear message you get from that? What is the overall or arc you get from that? I'm I'm curious as you sit there and like look what the do white, you see? Yeah, the white male. So I have um I have a, a story and that yeah. cloud clouds my perception. And uh, I want to start with the story, which is I was running a festival online, and uh, we had six speakers at the mm -hmm. festival. Um, and the I, the name of the the thing was Voices of the World. Okay. So we had six speakers doing podcasts from around the world. Okay. We had three women, three men. We had uh, China, Australia, India, Colombia, France, and um, I can't remember where, but we were, we were basically six different countries. 
mm-hmm. covering five continents and uh i got slammed by an individual saying well you're part of the problem black lives matter <laughs> so how are you part of the problem well cuz i have she, she actually said you've never hashtagged black lives matter why should you hashtag black lives matter well I, there's no part of any response that I can make to that question that works. So the, the issue I have and the and reason why I tell that story, I mean, outside of the fact that my best friend who unfortunately killed himself was black up until three years ago. And I, I don't consider myself that much part of the problem. Yes, I represent privileged white males, sure. However, I, I don't, the, the, the problem I have is that um, I, I, I believe, just like you said at the beginning, that actually it works through conversations mm-hmm. where you and I can have a, an honest discussion and, and, and go into this texture. And so what I'm trying to do is find ways for us to have an elegant debate, discussion, and, and walk back into this conversation because otherwise it is such a toxic and dangerous space. I don't want to go across the line and talk about it because I'm part of the problem. <laughs> but like, this is the thing. Okay, look, when it comes, like, when it comes to the line, I ultimately go, it's like, yeah, what is the line is like because the line if you're just like oh there is a clear like defined line go okay what is it and if you're doing it onto the realm of one person might be like oh yeah that's perfectly fine other person's like no like this is the thing something to sort of just uh, put it in a sort of different context look i worked in summer camps for a number of years over in america yeah Fresh Air Fund, like Camp Hayden Marks. And look, one year, like, okay, bum bags, you know, back, back in the day, bum bags, everything like this. In America, they call them fanny packs, right? Oh, right. <laughs> now yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But they like basically call them fanny packs. First year, not one soul had a problem with it. The following year, oh, yeah, we've got the fanny packs and stuff like this. There was a few people, like there was a few young ladies went, oh no, I can't have it as funny pads. Oh, and it turned into a real issue. And we was like, okay, uh, yeah, is bum bags okay? But it's like a case of, if you mix some of those people in with the previous year, they would have most of been fine with it that year. But you had still people returned and then it like were mixing with that. Then it was a real problem. So the line is a constant shifting thing for sure. like in society and for individuals. So like what you say at one time will be fine. And the next thing to someone else, you have committed like a hell of a race crime right. for mm-hmm. not even knowing. And look, this is the thing. People might listen to this, what I said and go, yeah, like you're not down for supporting black people. It's like, no, no, it's like, look, I'm down for supporting black people. Just like, look, I'm a black person myself. And it's a case of you give me a clear defined mission 
which I can get behind, I'll, I'll be there. Because when you yeah. have no clear defined mission, when you're all flaky, when you're all sort of like trying to do 10,001 things, you don't get anything done. Look, if I, look, for example, if I went, yes, I want to start a podcast, I want to start a major corporation, I want to start, yeah, and I want to sail around the world at the same time. I wonder how many things I would have got done. I wonder how far I would have like gone with this. Practically nowhere. So I think that's my sort of like problem when it comes to when you go with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a case of there is so many messages going around being like promoted all like across the world from like different aspects of the media that the message isn't clear. The overall one thing where it needs to go is not focused. So at the end of the day, people will get angry, people will get mad. And then three, four new cycles later, nothing changes. And like I said this at the time when George Floyd, like the tragic thing, what happened to George Floyd went down. I look, look at it today, yeah, the officer, going to prison but nothing's changed and that's because there is a inconcise fluffy message and when look when it was the black civil rights movement and they were after like civil rights for all like all people hey that civil rights movement uh, i can't remember which amendment is in the constitution but it sits in the constitution now, which has been used as a tool for many people throughout American society to like preserve and like enforce their rights in America. I can't see that happening with like Black Lives Matter because they don't have a clear message. Mm. Well, in, in, in my takeaway from what you just said, Miwa, is whether, whether it's a movement like this or a right. life a life warrior like you, whatever it is, whether, and then you go to your activities with bowel cancer, you, with your 44 push-ups or your 66 squats, I can't remember whichever, which way around it was. Um, Other way around, yeah. Yeah, but you are very specific about it and you go towards that objective and then you, you achieve things. When you have a diffuse message with no specific end goal, First of all, it's used by people in different ways. And second mm. of all, it doesn't get, it doesn't move the line to use the word or change the dial to use my word. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> now I get your name, there's a pun. Well, <laughs> exactly. Well, I was listening to somebody else talk about moving the dials. I'm always thinking they're referring to me. You know, that's how the world revolves. It's just around me, right? Oh, no. Uh, no, it's just it's just you and you on this microphone at this present time. That's right. <laughs> I I am me. All right. Hey, listen, Miwa. It was great to connect with you. I had a tremendous time chatting with you, learning about you, and I'm going to. Uh, I I there's I already feel um, a sense of purpose behind uh, something I want to send out to the world. Uh, but how can people track you down? Uh, find out more about your TikTok, Instagram, uh, or and of course your podcast. Well, like this thing, you can find my podcast where all po good podcasts are. Uh, yeah, just search up day in, day out podcast. Uh, I shall appear, like throw that into a search engine. Uh, if you want to find me on uh, the Instagram or the TikToks, uh, do Mui 
uh, 23 and you will find me uh, hanging around. So yeah, just like, yeah, uh, no problem. And yeah, if you want to connect, uh, please uh, get in contact and I'll, yeah, I'll be happy to have a conversation with you. But anyway, uh, what can I say? Thank you very much, my friends, my life warriors. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Miwa. Hey, that Minta, pleasure, uh, honor, respect. <laughs> Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes and other blog posts on minterdial.com. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to give a rating and review. And to finish, here's a song I wrote with Stephanie Singer, A Convinced Man.
My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.